0: Well, good morning. It's good to see each one of you here today. Glad you could make it. Let's all stand together, please. Turn to page 186. Page 186 in your hymn book, He Lives, He Lives. Amen. Let's sing out all three verses this morning. Page 186. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living whatever men. may. I see His hand of mercy, I hear His voice of cheer And just the time I need Him, He's always near He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way to impart you as He lives he lives with in all the world around me I see his loving care and though my heart grows weary I never will. De- I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of his appearing will come at last. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. If He lives in your heart, say amen this morning. If He lives in your heart, you have something to smile about this morning. Amen. Let's sing it out on that last verse. The verse says, rejoice, 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 O Christian, lift up your voice and sing eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives. Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, sounds Great start this morning. Mercy.
1: Well it's good to be in God's house amen and uh, boy sure glad we serve a God that is living and knows right where we're at amen and so uh, what a blessing and uh, sure thankful that you're here uh, this morning and again if you didn't hear we uh, kind of are minimizing our services due to uh, a few folks testing positive uh, to COVID and, and so again there's Uh, There was no men's prayer, buses, or Sunday school this morning, but glad we can meet together uh, now and have our morning service. And then, of course, tonight was actually already scheduled, but there's no Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock. But looking forward to having uh, missionary Ricky Freeman here with us, our missionary to Argentina. And so he's going to be reporting and preaching uh, tonight. I mentioned Wednesday night. I did call him and let him know what was going on, but they said they're fine with uh, going ahead and coming And so looking forward to hosting them uh, tonight at 6.30 will be our evening uh, service. I do want to say this. I'm very thankful this morning uh, that Brother Jim and Miss Jeanette Wisdom are doing well, as well as uh, uh, Seth and Christy Wisdom, their daughter Whitney, uh, also is doing really well. uh, And, of course, uh, very thankful for that. And so looking forward to all of them keeping their sanity uh, and trying to get out of quarantine. Amen. And uh, so real blessing there. But did want to ask as we go to the Lord in prayer Uh, This morning, we would continue to uh, pray for our missionary, uh, Brother John Quinlan, uh, there in the Philippines. Uh, They did have to get him to a hospital on the other side of Manila there, uh, and uh, so pray for him. As far as we know, we haven't heard any other updates, but he did have to go to the hospital uh, to get some treatment or to get some care, and so just pray for that situation. And then also just wanted to ask if you'd continue to pray for a dear friend of mine, Brother Ben uh forrester that's in um the hospital there in springfield he did get out of the covid unit his wife uh got to see him for the first time in about three weeks uh later on this week and so that was a real blessing said she got to got to touch him and to pray with him and to and to play some of his favorite music and so that was a real blessing But thankful he's uh, improving, and so just continue to pray uh, for him. But sure thankful for God's grace this morning, Amen. amen. Brother Alan Quinlan, would you open us in a word of prayer? Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, this morning and just wanted to uh, just remind you of uh, several other announcements. Of course things that are coming up uh, this month in in September and uh, of course uh, we're getting ready for our fall revival in October and so last week was fasting and praying and fasting from something that was your choice and so today starts sweets. Amen. And so Uh, Looking forward to just putting that aside for the week and uh, praying and certainly praying for Brother Bill Marshall and the meeting in October. And then just wanted to mention some other things. Of course, uh, uh, Lord willing, this Wednesday night, uh, we will start back our regular services. And so that means we'll be able to run our buses and have our other classes, our small groups, our kids' classes downstairs as well as our teen class, and then uh, this coming Saturday, September the 18th, will be our church-wide outreach, and then we also, uh, in September the 21st, which is on a Tuesday, there'll be a baby shower for Miss Lizzie Parker. That'll be uh, at 7 p.m. over in the fellowship hall, and so ladies are planning on coming to that. You are, uh, wanted to ask if you would bring some finger foods, and then also wanted to let our ladies know she's registered at babylist.com if you'd like to know what they need. Then also, September the 24th and 25th is the Baptist Men's Recharge in Andover, Kansas. And then September the 26th, which is on a Sunday, uh, Brother Jack Parker, our youth pastor, will be preaching in the evening service, uh, and so looking forward to that. And then September the 28th is a bridal shower for Miss Laura Parker that's marrying Brother uh, Braden Romo, and so that'll be at 7 p.m. over in the church fellowship hall. And again, ladies, bring finger foods to that, and then also she is registered at thenot.com. Then I wanted to also mention this, of course, during our fall revival, we will be hosting the Midwest Baptist Preachers Meeting, and that'll be on Monday night as well as Tuesday morning, and so we'll be needing all kinds of help with uh, nursery and uh, cleanup and and different things like that, and I know that there are some nursery sign-up sheets out there for that, and so if you'd like to uh, help out with that, you certainly Uh, can and then I also wanted to mention one more thing in our adult Sunday school classes we have been going through the abiding in Christ uh, series and uh, we're almost finished with that we've got two more lessons but if you're in my class you understand that means probably about six to eight weeks all right Uh, but we do they they have been a blessing amen and just really been encouraging but after we finish that I uh, feel like the Lord would have us to go into a study on what's called the ABCs of Christian growth. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically a workbook uh, that has uh, all the letters of the alphabet and a doctrinal study with each letter. And so what's required is to have a workbook and then also with that, the Trail of Blood uh, pamphlet that gives you Baptist history. I'm telling you, one of the biggest uh, discouragements today is that people uh, are Baptist and they don't even know why. And so this class is going to help you to understand, or this study is going to help you to understand doctrine and just very simple studies and doctrine, and then also to give you some Baptist backbone to know who you are and where you came from. And so because of that, though, there, uh, there is a, there's a booklet that's needed, and then there is that pamphlet. Uh, and some of you may already have these things, and you may not, but what I've done is I've ordered a whole bunch of them. And it, the cost is like, uh, I think it's like $13 for everything. And so that's not much. Now, I, I do want to say this. We're going to be printing out lessons for people that are visiting and stuff like that. That way they'll have that. But I would encourage you to get a get this workbook. It, it's it's only $11 for the workbook and then $2 for the Trail of Blood pamphlet. But $13, and it's a worthy investment. Uh, I still have the two workbooks that i purchased way back in the day, and they're just a blessing. This is just really basic discipleship, and it'll be a real encouragement to you. So uh, there's a sign-up sheet for that out there as well in the outer four years. So if you're in one of the adult Sunday school classes, or if you're not even in one of the classes, you're working downstairs, but you'd like the workbook, you can sign up and then just turn your money in, just get a uh, tithing envelope and write on there ABCs of Christian Growth or whatever, and Turn it in, and we'll make sure to get the booklet uh, to you.
0: Okay, brother. Let's continue singing from page number 11. Page number 11, Come Thou Fount. We'll sing all three verses this morning. Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, page number 11. (laughs) Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Tune my heart to sing Thy grace. Streams of mercy. Never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, Hither by thy help I'm come And I hope by thy good pleasure Safely to arrive at home Jesus sought me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God He to rescue me from danger Interposed his precious blood Oh, to grace how great a debtor Daily I'm constrained to be Let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter Bind my wandering heart to thee Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it Prone to leave the God I love Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it seal it for thy courts above. Amen. Let's all stand together and turn to page number six. Praise ye the Lord, the Almighty. He is worthy of our praise this morning. Amen. Let's sing that out. Page number six. Praise ye the Lord, the Almighty. On that first verse. Praise ye the Lord, the Almighty. The King of creation O my soul, praise Him For He is Thy health and salvation All ye who hear Now to His temple draw near Join me in glad adoration So wondrously reigneth Shelters thee under his wings And so gently sustaineth Hast thou not seen How thy desires there have been Granted in what he ordained Marvelous wisdom hath made thee, decked thee with health and with loving hand guided and stayed thee How often grief hath not he brought thee relief spreading his wings for to shame? Praise ye the Lord, O let all that is in me adore Him. All that hath life and breath come now with praises before Him. Let the Amen sound from His people again. Gladly for a we adore him. Amen. Brother Tim, As men come for the offering. Matthew chapter six, verse nineteen, says, "Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal.
1: But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal." For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Brother Will, would you pray for the offering this morning?
0: ask you to stand one last time, please. Turn to page 232. Page 232. Aren't you thankful that God's grace is greater than our sin? Amen. I'm telling you what. Page 232. Thankful for God's grace this morning. Let's sing it out on that first verse. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Grace that our sin and our guilt, yonder on Calvary's mouth outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilled. The sea waves cold Threaten the soul With infinite loss Grace that is greater Yes, grace untold Points to the refuge The mind. What? See his face, will you this moment his grace receive? Let's sing that chorus a cappella. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within grace. That is greater than all our sin. Aren't you thankful for God's grace this morning? Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Wonderful singing today. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. I am crucified with Christ Therefore I no longer live Jesus Christ now lives in me I am crucified with Christ Therefore I no longer live Jesus Christ now lives in me Embrace the cross Where Jesus suffered Though it will cost All you claim as yours Your sacrifice will seem small Beside the treasure Eternity can't measure What Jesus holds in store Embrace the love that comes requires. Cling to the one whose heart knew every pain. Receive from Jesus fountains of compassion. Only he can fashion your heart to move as his O wondrous cross our desires rest in you O Lord Jesus make us bolder to face with courage the shame and disgrace You bore upon your shoulder. Embrace the life that comes from dying. Come trace the steps. The Savior walked for you. An empty tomb. Concludes Golgotha's sorrow Endure then till tomorrow Your cross of suffering Embrace the cross Embrace the cross the wondrous cross, the cross of Jesus.
1: Yeah, what a blessing. Mercy. I'm not crying, God's just squeezing my heart and the juices are coming out, amen. Appreciate songs with a lot of doctrinal truth in there, amen, and even a couple of people that live it out in their lives too, and that's just a real blessing. Well, it's good to be in God's house, and uh, I sure miss Sunday school, it always kind of feels like a little bit of a warm-up, uh, but I'm thankful uh, that I uh, just had some more, a uh, little extra time in prayer, and a little more time to drink more coffee, amen. And, uh, but sure glad that we could have church uh, this morning. I want to invite you to the book of Revelation in chapter 12 this morning. And if you're able to stand, I want to invite you to stand in honor of, of God's Word. But Revelation chapter number 12 uh, is where we've been at. Now, if you remember, and this was of course a couple of weeks ago, and I enjoyed uh, having Brother Frank Wood and Miss Wanda Wood with us uh, this past Sunday uh, before, but a couple of weeks ago... We actually saw the previous verses or the beginning of chapter uh, number 12 uh, where it begins to kind of give us this, uh, begins to tell us about these wonders in heaven and it talks about uh, this woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And then it begins to tell us about another wonder, the great uh, red dragon. And of and, uh, course, and then the woman would give birth Uh, to the man-child who is going to rule with a rod of iron. And and we understand that all of that was allegorical or symbolic uh, in nature. And we know this, that the woman represents Israel. And the red dragon, the great red dragon, uh, represents Satan. And of course, the man-child would be Jesus Christ. And really what that all pictures is, is what I would say to you, is that it's really, it's God's plan for the ages. In other words, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so we know that God would use Israel to give us the Messiah, Jesus Christ. He would shed His blood on the cross of Calvary for the sins of all of mankind. He would be buried, would rise again showing that He truly is the Son of God. And then He would ascend back to the Father and we know this, he is coming again. And so what a blessing all of that is. But we also saw this, that when the man-child was born, the great red dragon tried to devour him, but he failed. But you understand this morning that just because the dragon failed does not mean, he's, he, listen, he's quit altogether. In fact, if anything, he's pretty angry about it. And that's where you and I pick up in verse number 7 because it says this, And there was war in heaven. Now I want you to note that there it says war right there and what's going to happen is is that in the very last verse it's still going to end on the subject of war. Notice it says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. He loses again. Oh, come on. He loses again. Somebody say amen. And so he prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, and was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. And if you're saved this morning, I believe this. We might be right here saying this. Because here's what it says. It says, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. <laughs> and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Kind of seems like they were crucified with Christ. It says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and they that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. <laughs> and when the dragon saw that there that he was cast under the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child that would be Israel and to the woman uh, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she was where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time From the face of the serpent, and the serpent cast out of his mouth the water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood with which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went, notice this, to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keepeth the commandments of God and hath the testimony of Jesus Christ. If you remember in the last message, I I made this statement. I I said this, that chapter 12's theme is really this. Satan is a loser. I'm telling you, he's listen, he failed in stopping uh, God's plan for the ages. He loses the war in heaven. And by the way, he's even going to fail in devouring Israel during the tribulation period because of God's grace and God's help. But this is what you got to grab a hold of this morning. Though he loses in every occasion, we must understand that that does not mean he's going down without a fight. In fact, the devil knows his ending. And that's all the more reason for him to try and war and take every person with him that he can. Now here's what I'm saying to you. Please catch this. What's going on here in in Revelation chapter 12 with him warring? It's going on right now. It's going on right now. But you know what I love? What I love is what is said in verse number 11, and this is what it says, that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And what I'm saying to you this morning is this, is that just as there is war in Revelation 12, there is war right now, but the way that they they overcame him then with the blood of the Lamb is the way that we overcome him right now, through the blood of the Lamb of the Lamb. Amen. Oh, listen, I'm telling you, and you and I got to grab a hold of this uh, this morning. I'm going to preach this morning on this, overcoming the enemy. Listen to me, God doesn't want you living in, living in defeat. He doesn't want you lost. He wants you to be saved and living in victory. But the only way to do that is through the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Father, we love you this morning and thank you for your goodness and grace to us. And God, truly, you are good. And just want to praise you this morning. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb. And thank you for victory. And God, what a message of just encouragement for the children of God this morning. And I'm just praying. I'm praying that you would use the message that the lost would be drawn and their need to be saved. And oh God, your people would be strengthened and helped in you. So would you bless the preaching this morning, and God just asking again that you would fill me and use me, and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated uh, this morning. So what happens when you spend more time in prayer, you're all gushy, amen, I guess. Yesterday, uh, of course, I I think probably a lot of us know this, but uh, it was marked uh, 20 years since the 9-11 attacks on... uh, of course the New York City trade towers that went down and as well as the uh, Pentagon there uh, in Washington and, and I realize there's a lot of young people here that weren't maybe not even alive at the time or maybe small babies or children and and don't recall those things but I would venture to say that a lot of us we remember where we were at that day. That was just a significant moment in our nation's history and Things like that. I, I um, y- you know, I, I can remember, and I know I've shared this before, but I can remember working in a chemical plant at the time, and we were all in our uh, in the break room there at nine o'clock, doing our nine o'clock uh, break, and one of the men walked in and said that uh, one of the uh, a plane had just crashed into one of the twin towers there uh, in New York, and, and and we immediately, probably like most everyone else there, we just assumed that. It was an accident or something like that, but then it just wasn't. A few minutes later, and the same guy came back in and said there was another plane that crashed into the uh, into the other tower, and so we became very skeptical then, like many people, and began to think maybe it's a, a terrorist attack. And, and and then, of course, we did. We found out that it was, and so uh, I can remember uh, not much work being done the rest of the day, and we were trying to find a TV and trying to. Getting information, I can remember sitting in a break room in one of the uh, uh, chemical plant break rooms and watching live on television as as the first tower fell and then the next tower uh, fell and I man, I'm just telling you, it just was uh, gut wrenching to watch. One of the things that I, I can also remember is how our country came together in such great unity afterwards, and and I just I'm just. Even thinking about it now, I would to God we had more of those days. Uh, really, I, I just I'm I'm so thankful that uh, just how we came together, and we really need more of those days uh, like that. But one of the heroic stories that many of us know is uh, that came out of all of that was what took place on United Airlines Flight 93. And terrorists on that plane would hijack the cockpit and. They told the passengers over the intercom to remain seated and that they had a bomb on board. But by this time, the two towers had been hit. And as the passengers began to contact loved ones, they begin to find out what was actually taking place. And so some of the men, men uh, on that plane and, and even some of the flight attendants, they got together and they decided to storm the cockpit and and take it back. And of course, many of us know some of the last words that were heard by a man named Todd uh, Beamer, which I believe was a saved man. Uh, Him and his wife worked in youth ministry and taught Sunday school in their church. And he would would say these words that would go down in infamy. "Uh, Are you ready? Okay. Let's roll. Son, I'm telling you. Powerful, isn't it? And what I'm saying is this, is though though the plane would crash in a field in Pennsylvania, killing everyone on board, the actions of those brave men and women saved a multitude of other lives. And this is what I want you to grab a hold of. When pinned down by the enemy and taken hostage, those folks didn't go quietly. Instead, they overcame the enemy And save the lives of others. And their story still inspires others to do the same today. And the reason that I'm saying all of this to you this morning is this. Is because that is what I believe is really the purpose and the intention behind our text this morning. Let me me make some things very clear to you and to me. Number one is this. We are in a war. Let me say that again. We are in a war. And we understand this morning, this is dealing with the tribulation period. And verse 7 begins with a war in heaven. Verse 17 ends with a war on the earth against Israel during the tribulation period. But you and I got to grab a hold of the truth that we are in a war right now. And it is not a physical one. It is a spiritual one. It is what Paul would say to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 6 and verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm saying to you that they are in a war and we are in a war. And their enemy is our enemy. The great red dragon, that old serpent, the devil, Satan, the one that's attempting to deceive the whole world, the accuser of the brethren. It's not the pastor. Let me say that again. It's not the pastor that cares for your soul and preaches the word of God to you and gives you the truth. And it's not the person at the end of the pew. No, my friend, our enemy is the devil. It is the devil. But I'm saying to you this morning that here is the good news, and that is this, is that we can overcome our enemy and we can win victory just as they did in verse 11 in our text. And I am praying this morning that this message will be an encouragement and a help to a host of God's people. Well, why? Because we are seeing many in our day live in defeat to the enemy. They are quitting on the things of God. They are turning away from the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. They are being deceived. They are being blinded. Listen, and I'm just saying to you, friend, that is not what God intends for His people. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. I'm telling you, God desires for God's people to have victory and to overcome The enemy, that is why Jesus Christ came. And that is what you and I got to grab a hold of this morning. Now I got two points and I got about two hours. And I want you to see this this morning from this text. I'm telling you it's incredibly encouraging. And one of the reasons why is this is because it exposes our enemy, doesn't it? I mean, notice verse number 7. It says, and there was... War in heaven, Michael and his archangels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. Neither was in their their place found anymore in heaven. And the great red dragon, notice here, was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world and was cast out into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Now, Now, if you remember back in our previous study and you go back to verse number four there, it tells us that the tale... Of the great red dragon from verse 3, it drew a third part of the stars of heaven. And again, this is illustrative in its nature. And so this is talking about Satan and his removal from his position as a cherubim when iniquity, meaning the sin of pride, was found in him and he influenced a third of the angels to follow him. That's what that's talking about. Thus making them demonic and evil in their nature because that's who they're following. The point is this, when we get to verse number 7 right here, and it talks about there being war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels and prevailed not. So you understand we find this war taking place. Well, it's a war between Satan and those demonic angels that followed him and Michael, who is the archangel, and the angels of God. Amen. The Bible tells us in Jude, in verse number 9, that Michael is the archangel. That means the chief angel. The only other angel named in Scriptures is Gabriel, whose responsibility seems to be a, a messenger angel. He would be the one that would deliver the good news of the birth of the Messiah. Amen. That's good news, praise God. Glad tidings. Amen. Amen. But the book of Daniel also tells us that Michael had a special watch over Israel during his day. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it, with our context here, dealing with the woman who is uh, Israel? And also, this—think about this, child of God—it will be Michael's voice that will sound when the rapture of the saints takes place. Amen. Says in First Thessalonians four sixteen, for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And the trump of God, or with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And well, and then we which are alive and be called up together with them in the clouds. Glory, hallelujah. So in verse 7, we understand there is this war in heaven. Verse number 8 lets us know that they prevailed not, meaning this, Satan is the loser. He is officially banished from heaven. But from this passage, we also begin to see some things about our enemy, his tactics, the way that he works. They are being exposed. Some of the things we are very familiar with as we've gone through Revelation, some new things come about uh, that we see in this passage. Here's some things. Let me just give you some things this morning to help you. Since we're in, since we're in this war, we ought to know our enemy. Let me give you some things about him. Number one is this. He is a disturber of the peace. Where do you get that at? Well, if you notice, there is war in heaven. Last time I checked, heaven is where peace is at. Does everybody catch this? Heaven is where eternal and everlasting joy is at. Come on, heaven is where the battle is to be over for the saint of God. It's where death is over. It's where cancer is over. It's where tears are over. Somebody say amen this morning. Oh, I'm telling you, my friend, it's where it's where we abide in the presence of our great God for all eternity, yet we find the devil showing up and making war in heaven. I'm saying to you, he's a disturber of the peace. And he doesn't, listen, I'm telling you, he doesn't only work that way here, he works that way now, doesn't he? Come on, I, listen, I, that's... That's exactly what he did in the Garden of Eden. There was Adam and Eve, God's creation. And they're enjoying the blessings of God and the goodness of God, the presence of God, the fellowship of God. Can you imagine walking with God in the cool of the morning? Son, you know there was coffee there too. Amen. Amen. And they could probably eat apple pie and Andy's frozen custard and not gain any weight. It's in the Garden and guess who shows up uninvited? That's right. And ruins, Does anybody get what I'm saying? Hey, listen, what I'm, what I'm trying to get across to you is this, is that he works the same way in our day and time. That's right. yeah. He's a disturber of the peace. I'm telling you, friend, listen, when, when, when everything is going good and going good in church, he'll show up. That's right. yeah. no, 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 I'm just telling you, COVID will show up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's amazing, man, To get texts from Brother Jim Wisdom and he says this, preacher, I believe the devil's in all this stuff. I said, yeah, brother, amen. That's right. I'm just listening, it's, I'm just telling you, he loves to disturb the, the peace. And I listen, when things start going good and a church is looking to l- looking to take a step forward for the glory of God, it's the it's the devil that'll show up and the next thing you know, you're taking two steps back and, and re-looking at everything. That's the way the devil works. Uh, Listen, when everything's going good and there's unity and people are in love with one another and loving the Lord Jesus Christ, it's the devil that shows up and gets somebody's feathers ruffled up about something petty that doesn't make a hill of beans in the light of eternity. What color their skin is, whether or not they wear a mask or not, or get a vaccine or not. Oh, yeah, let's go ahead and touch on some things this morning. No, 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 because I'm telling you, I'm I'm all for God's people having a stand in understanding things and all of that stuff. But you better listen to me. There are things that we are making idols out of that don't make a hill of beans with the things of God. And I'm telling you, my friend, it is ruining and destroying the peace that belongs among the people of God. And we better be careful we're not being used to the devil to do it. That's right. Well, preacher, I mean, I'm saved. I mean, you can't be a tool. You get in the flesh, but he'll have his way with you. Son, I'm telling you, he's a disturber of the peace. And it's not just in a church. It's individually speaking, isn't it? I mean, just when you think you've got things where they need to be, come on, the devil will show up. I mean, let's just, when you, just when you think that you've got victory over some sin in your life and things are going good, you, man, got a big smile. Woo! Man, it's good. It's good. That's right. He'll show up. That's right. He'll throw some temptation you never saw coming and try to get you to buy back into it. You anybody catch what I'm saying? Right. It's amazing, right. man. I'm listening the stuff that comes to people's phones and their emails and their text messages and have no idea where it came from and it's the devil trying to get them to look at something they're not supposed to be looking at or watch something they're not supposed to be watching or listening to something they're not supposed to be listening to. Does anybody get what I'm saying? I'm just telling you that's the way he works. Listen, you can be walking with God and in the Word and in prayer and in fellowship with Him and filled with Him and things going good and that's when the devil shows up. He is a disturber of the peace. He loves it. He loves making a wreck of those things. Mercy. I'll tell you something else. He's a deceiver. Amen. I mean, you look at verse number nine. It says, "And the great red dragon was cast out." That old, that old serpent. Man, he's a snake. Right. He's subtle and sneaky. That's how snakes are, man. You'd be out there riding on the lawnmower. Thank God I was riding, and not pushing. Otherwise, I've been doing that. You'd be riding a lumber, and all of a sudden, boom! A snake come out. That's how the devil no? sneaky. He says, it says, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth." Notice that deceiveth the whole world. He's a liar and the father of it. Jesus said, "What I'm saying to you is this, his friend, I'm telling. Listen, if he he's looking to deceive here, you mark it down. He's looking to deceive now. Listen, that's." Listen, he wants to do that because that's how he gets you to buy into what he has to offer. Oh, yeah. You ever just take a look at the things in our day and time and watch it. Well, watch how alcohol is advertised. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, let's go ahead and get on it. That's right. yeah. God's people have no business partaking of alcohol. That's right. That's right. Well, preacher, I mean, you're No, gonna... no, 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 no. Let's get in the book. That's right. but, but that's how it works. You ever notice that that the commercials for alcohol, they never show a picture of somebody laying in the ditch in their own vomit. They, they They never show you the car accident with blood and body parts splattered everywhere and innocent families torn up because some drunk driver got behind the wheel. They never show you the abused spouses and children as a result of alcohol. No, no, they're, they're going to show you everybody pretty and having a good time. That's, that, that's, you know what that's called? Deception. Uh, uh, li- listen, it's, it, you, you, I could sit here all morning. It's the same with every pleasure of sin whether it be gambling, adultery, fornication, the list goes on and on. It's all advertised with a good time, and there are no consequences. But I'm telling you, my friend, that is deception, the pleasure of sin. The Bible says it is for a season. Why is it only a season? Because there are consequences that come with those things, and they are severe. And if there was a commercial for religion, it'd be the same way. It would appeal to the flesh of men, hey, come do this simple thing to have eternal life. Come get baptized. Come join the church. Come, come repeat this meaningless prayer and then go back to your life of sin. Is anybody catching this? Come and be entertained. The truth of the matter is, that's a lot of the commercials that are going on today. Churches have a commercial. The walls are all painted black, somebody's up there jamming out. Come and be entertained. Is anybody, is anybody getting this? I tell you, he's a deceiver. Oh, no, no, no. Let, let, me, let, me, let me move on here because I got Look look at verse number 10. He said, I heard heard a loud voice saying, In heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God in the power of his Christ. For the accuser, listen to this. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. Verse 10 sums it up, doesn't it? The battle in heaven. The disturber of the peace, he's out. The deceiver, he's out. And heaven begins to rejoice in the victory, but they also reveal another characteristic about our enemy, because they call him the accuser of the brethren. See, he's a disturber of the peace, and he's a, am tell you, he's a deceiver, but he's a denouncer. I've got to get another D word in there. And, and you've you got to understand this. Satan currently, right now, he still has access to heaven. Well, how do you know that? Well, he did in Job. It will not be until here, during the tribulation period, that this war takes place in heaven, and he is removed completely from heaven. And the point is that what Satan did to Job in accusing him is what he's still doing to you and I today as God's people. Do you know this? The term "accuser" it is a judicial term. It means this. He is the plaintiff in the courts of God. He stands before God and he issues complaints against the people of God. If you go back and you read the book of Job, that's how it starts in the book of Job. He comes before God and complains that God has a hedge about him, about Job. And the only reason he is being faithful to God is because God has blessed his life. I'm sure glad that when it was all said and done, Joe proved him wrong. But not everyone's proved him wrong. Some have quit. Yep. Some have lost the battle because their peace was disturbed. Or they bought into some lie and now they're living in deception or Or they kept listening to the accuser of the brethren that would bring up their sins and their past and their failures. See, please get this. Listen to me. Though we have an accuser of the brethren who is the plaintiff in God's court, we also have an advocate. (laughs) In Jesus Christ the righteous. And I'm just saying to you, friend, That when the old devil goes before God and says, look at this child. Look at the things that they're doing. Look at how they've messed up. See, that's when the advocate steps forward and says, Father, I plead the blood. (laughs) Oh, listen, what, what do you think they're doing? What they're doing in verse number 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, son, how in the world are we not jumping pews right now? I I remember years ago when God was dealing with me about preaching. And the morning that I surrendered, I woke up and my feet hit the floor. And I'm telling you, I, I knew it was the devil that was all over me. And I mean, there was just spiritual warfare, oppression taking place. I was doubting everything from salvation to whatever was going on in my life. I was just struggling. I, I can remember walking in to the workplace that morning and people coming up to me and going, man, are you, you okay today? Because I didn't, I didn't go to work like that. I went, I went to work trying to manifest the joy of the Lord in my life. So I always went to work with a smile on my face and glad to see people and trying to be a testimony to the Lord. But I'm just telling you, listen, when God was dealing with me about preaching, the devil was right there, and he was bringing up my past and my sin. Listen, before I got saved, I lived lived an ungodly life. I'm not proud of it. I'm sure thankful for the blood of the Lamb. But I'm just saying, even after I got saved, I struggled with some things, probably just like a host of people here still struggle with things. I did. I battled with it, and when God was dealing with me about preaching, I, listen, the devil was right there, and he was bringing up all of those things, and he was letting me know, "You listen, you can't do this. Look at the things that are in your life. Look at where you failed here. Look at even after you got saved, the stuff that you were battling and the things that you were battling. You, God can't use you doing this. You, 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 this stuff is all, I mean, this is all in your life. God can't use you. Uh-huh. What he and I remember just, just, you know, wrestling with this, and wrestling with this, and wrestling with this. And I had to go and work on this job, and I was welding, and, and I was working. I was multitasking, though, because I was welding, and I was talking to the Lord. Amen. And I was under my hood, and man, I was just like, I'm just tired of this, and I'm tired of this. And this is literally what I said. God, you said in your word that these things are forgiven. They are under the blood of Jesus Christ. And the moment that I pled the blood of the Lamb, I'm telling you, my friend, the oppression and the accusations, they were all over. And listen, I surrendered to what God wanted me to do. And some 13 years later, looking back, I'm glad for the blood of the Lamb. I'm just telling you, friend. It's amazing what the devil will do to try to keep God's people from serving God in fulfilling what God has for, his, for, for your life, all this stuff in our past and those things. I, listen, I'm, I'm so thankful, friend, I didn't listen to the accuser of the brethren. <laughs> it's under His blood. God wants me to preach, then I'll preach. But you understand this morning, He's trying to do the same thing to you. He's trying to keep you. Listen, he's try, if you're lost... He's trying to keep you lost. And if you're saved, He's trying to keep you discouraged. And from serving God, He wants to use the guilt of sin and our past to overwhelm us and drive us to defeat and quitting on God. But you and I must have faith, trust in the Word of God. If you banked on Christ, it's under the blood, friend. Oh, praise His dear name. He's the accuser. Look at verse number 13. It says, And when the dragon saw that he was cast under the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time, and times and a half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water, as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away with the flood. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went and made, to make war with the remnant of her seed which, kept, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. See the other thing that we see right here about the devil is this. He's a devourer. And he realizes his end is near, so he goes after Israel once again. And again, we know this is dealing with the tribulation period. Verse 14 speaks of Israel fleeing and being nourished in the wilderness for a time and a times and half a time. That goes back to Daniel's prophecy and speaks of the three-and-a-half-year time frame in the seven-year tribulation period. The flood coming out of the serpent's mouth in verse 15, it could imply a flood of troops or an army. Water in Revelation often symbolizes a multitude of people. Or you know what? It could be literally a flood of water. But the point is this, is that it reveals another characteristic about the devil. He is a devourer. He is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And the point is this, is that if he can't get you inwardly, he'll try to get you outwardly. See, he'll, he'll try to disturb your peace, and He'll try to deceive you, and He'll try to denounce you. But if none of those things work, He'll try to devour you. See, He'll, he'll send someone your way to persecute you, to mock you, to pressure you, maybe even force you to stop serving Lord, the Lord altogether. Folks, look around. It's happening. Hello? But, but here, look, let me give you the other thing. last thing about our enemy. Look at verse number 12. It says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath. And here's why. Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. You know why? Because he is doomed. (laughs) I like it. That was all alliterated too, wasn't it? That was good. But he is doomed. I want you to take your Bibles and leave Revelation 12 just for a second. And go with me over to Revelation chapter 20. (laughs) It says this in verse number 10. It says, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone glory hallelujah where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever somebody say amen. amen of course it begins to tell us about the great white throne and him that sat on it from whose faith the earth and the heaven fled away and there was no place and there was found no place for them and i saw the dead small and great stand before god And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You say, Preacher, why are you reading that? Here's why. Listen to me. It's because the devil knows his ending. And he's looking to take whoever he can with him to it. And that's how these people end up where they're at. So preacher, I don't. I don't want to end up like that. I, I don't want to be defeated. I, I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be I don't want to be I don't want to end up in the lake of fire. So so how do I overcome the enemy? I'm glad you asked. Because not only does our passage expose our enemy, do you know what it does? It gives us examples of those that overcame him. Go back with me to Revelation chapter 12. I want you to see a couple of things here. See, look at what it says in verse number 11. It says, "...and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony." and they love not their lives unto death. Now look down at verse number 17. It says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which, kept, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The reason that I wanted you to read both of those is because there are two, these are two different groups of people that are revealed in this chapter that conquer the devil. There are the saints in heaven, which is verse number 11. Like I said earlier, probably be us there. And then there are the saved on the earth during the tribulation period, particularly saved Jews in verse number 17. But really, here's the deal that you got to understand. Regardless of who it is, Gentiles in heaven and Jews on the earth, there's only one way the devil and his works are conquered. And that's through Jesus Christ. That, that's, listen, that's exactly why He came. It's because in 1 John 3, 8 it says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. That's all of us. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And if you are going to overcome the devil, then you must have these things in your life. Let me just give you some things here. In verse number 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Do you know what that means? That means this, they have been purchased. They did not plead their blood or their own works or some religion. They overcame the devil and his deception through the blood of Jesus Christ. They had been redeemed, my friend. They had been bought with a price. They were trusting in his finished work on Calvary for their sin, not their own works you got to understand something this morning. We are all sinners. Right. For, all have, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says this, the wages of sin is death. Right. And we understand that's not just talking about a physical death, but it is also what is implied there is a spiritual death, the death of the soul, which ends up being eternity in the lake of fire, as we read in Revelation 20. But I like that Romans 6.23 doesn't end with the wages of sin is death. Because it goes on and says, But the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what I'm saying to you is this, friend, is that these who were conquerors had repented of their sin. They had come to Jesus Christ by faith. That's how the Bible declares that a man must be saved. Repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Seems like we heard that Wednesday night. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's how a person is saved. And it works this way. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's how it works, isn't it? that God begins to deal with the heart. And as He does, we respond by calling upon Jesus Christ, uh, His Son, as our Savior. And I like that Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. you know one of the great deceptions of Satan today is this, is to get people to think they cannot be saved. Because of their past, or their sins that are in their life, Let me help you with something. That is a lie of the devil. And I'm just here this morning to say this. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you may sit there and argue with me and say this, Well, preacher, you don't understand what I've done to which my response would be this. You don't understand the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friend, even the apostle Paul if if Paul can be saved, who persecuted the church? Who, who had people in prison and even put to death for their faith in the gospel? Yet he got saved. And if he can get saved, anybody can be saved. That's why Paul would say in 1 Timothy 1:15, "This is a faithful sake and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners." Of whom I am chief You know what I believe Paul was telling Timothy? I believe he was saying this. Timothy, preach a whosoever will gospel. Because if I can get saved, anybody can get saved. That's why Christ Jesus came. It's so that sinners can be forgiven of their sin and receive eternal life. And it doesn't matter who they are or what they've done. They can be saved. Let me tell you something else they have. They had proof. Look at what it says. It says this. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Notice this. And by the word of their testimony. You know the word testimony there means this. Evidence given. It is a judicial term. That means. That these saints when called to the stand. Could give a first hand account a record of their salvation. One that lined up with the Word of God. (laughs) You could walk up to any of them and ask them how they got there, and they'd tell you. They could recall hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. They could recall God dealing with their souls, and they could recall humbling themselves and responding to God working in their life. And Christ saving them, and the point is this: this is how our salvation ought to be. Because we, you, you and I, we are at war with the enemy. No, no, no. Hey, don't forget, we got a battle going on here. We're in a war with an enemy. Is everybody catching this? Well, I'm just telling you, friend. We are at war, and the he's the disturber of the peace. He's the deceiver. He's the accuser of the brethren. And if you don't have a testimony to go back to, you don't have an answer to give. And you will struggle. You will struggle with unfaithfulness, you will struggle with guilt, you will struggle with doubt. You will struggle with fear. You will will struggle with discouragement. And if you don't have a testimony of salvation, my friend, a personal account of where you called upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save you and to forgive you and to be your Savior, the reality is this you're really lost and you're in deception. Didn't get a loud response on that one. But it's still true. I'm just, listen, I I realize everyone's circumstances are different. I understand that. The age in which one gets saved or receives Christ as Savior, that they're all different. There are some in this room that have been brought up in church, received Christ at an early age, and, and praise God for that. There are some that got saved later in life. I know for me, I didn't get saved until the age of 20. Some people have Different backgrounds, they were raised in a Christian home, some uh, were not brought up in a Christian home, some were deep in the mire of sin when they got saved, some were in a Christian home, but they're still sinners and got saved. You understand, I could go on and on and on with the differences of circumstances, but our testimonies of salvation ought to have some things that are very, very similar, be a fact, they better line up with this. And I'm so sick of hearing that because, listen, you. You hear this stuff out in the world today about, well, you know, all roads lead to heaven. But I'm telling you, if we're not careful, that same mantra is making it among our independent Baptist churches where there are people sitting in the pews that have never called upon the Lord in salvation, but they're right now thinking to themselves, well, yeah, but that's your thing, preacher. I don't necessarily have to have that. Yet when we find right here in the scriptures is that these people overcame the devil through the blood of the Lamb. And here's why. Because all of them had a personal account and testimony of calling upon the name of the Lord. And what I'm saying is this, is that if you don't, you're lost. Yes, you're right. And I've heard people say things like this through the years. Well, well, preacher, I got baptized when I was a little girl. Yeah, yeah, but that's not calling upon the name of the Lord. That's right. I actually had a guy tell me this when I was pastoring in Cassville. He came and said, "Well, you know, preacher, I mean, listen, I've known the Lord all my life. Well, that's great that you've known of the Lord, but that's not personal faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Does anybody get what I'm saying to you? And I'm listen. I'm just telling you, friend. This is why people struggle with guilt and they struggle with doubt. And, here, listen, and and then there's the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ that they're listening to Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And every time it goes off, they get under conviction because they don't have one of those testimonies. And they even start getting a little defensive at the man of God preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm just saying to you, my friend, you can stay like that and you can wrestle with the enemy and live in defeat or you can drop your pride this morning and come to Jesus Christ and plead His blood and be saved. One or the other. But I'm telling you, my friend, I don't want to live in guilt, and I don't want to live in doubt, and I don't want to live in fear, and I don't want to live in misery. Friend, I want want to be born again of the Spirit of God and to be filled with Him and to know, to know, to know that I am saved and on my way to heaven. To sit here and wonder. Son, I'm telling you, we got to stop living in defeat of the enemy. Let me give you the last thing and I'm through. And I'm going to go home and take a nap. Because not. listen, they they had proof. They were purchased. Oh, listen, they had produce. I'm talking about fruit. I mean, listen, look at what it says. It says in verse number 11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Listen to this. And they loved not their lives unto death. In fact, you get over to verse number 17, it says this about the remnant of her seed, it said this that they keep the commandments of God and notice there again, they had the testimony of Jesus Christ. How about that? Huh. You know, l- listen it. It scares me today to see so many of our so many people in this especially in this country to claim His name, but never bear His fruit. That worries me. And listen, I'm, I'm not saying that you know, a person gets saved, they got to be exactly like me. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm, I'm simply saying this, that if you get what God has in this book right here, there ought to be some fruit from it. I mean, even the Lord Jesus said this, By their fruit you shall know them. And I'm certainly not saying this, that God's people are perfect, I know them. They're not. Right. I'm not. But there ought to be some things in our lives. That's right. yeah. You know what, I, I could, listen, I could sit here all morning and, and talk about different things. I just, let me give you just three, really what I think are just three of the main, the main things that the scriptures give us that, that ought to be in our lives, if, if, we are, if we are the children of God. Certainly one of those would be this, I have Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what, listen, First John five twelve says this, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Well, listen, no, 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 no. Salvation is as simple as that. It is, friend. Either you have Christ this morning, or you don't have Christ. See, we like to complicate the issue, but the Bible makes it really clear. It's not that, listen, either you have trusted in Him for salvation or you have not. Regardless of how you may feel at times, it should be that we can go back to the Scriptures and we can look and we can recall in our mind's eye that I called upon Christ. I'm just telling you, friend, we should be able to go back to that personal account. And if you don't have one, then you don't have Christ. Here's another one. I have the witness of the Spirit. Romans 8, 16 says this. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Oh, listen, I'm telling you, if you don't get anything this morning, please listen to this. God has no intention of you walking around wondering whether or not you are saved. That's why He's given you the Spirit of God it beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That means this. If you are saved, you ought to be bearing some of the hallmarks of the Spirit of God working in your life. Things like peace, assurance, fruit, like love, joy, Some of you need that fruit this morning. Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, self-control. And what, what what I'm saying to you is this, if you're not bearing any of that in your life, Something's spiritually wrong here. So preacher, are you trying to make me doubt myself? No, 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 no. I, if anything, I'm trying to help you make sure that you're safe. I'm trying to make you doubt at all. I'm just saying to you, we're not perfect, but some of this stuff ought to be coming out. Here's the third one. I have a love for the brethren. Where do you get that from? Well, 1 John 3, 14 says this, we know, listen to this, we know that we have passed from death unto life, lost to saved, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. You know what's always amazing is these saints right here, when they pled, they had the blood of the Lamb, and they had a testimony of knowing Christ as their Savior, it says things like this, that they gave their life unto the Lord, uh, they, they, they obeyed his commandments they, you know what that means that means this that after they got saved they started going to things like church uh-huh. they started singing you know the psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs of the faith they, they started liking the preaching of God's word That's right. and they started serving the Lord and serving one another and giving of their tithes and giving of their is anybody catching what I'm saying to you Listen, I, you understand, I'm just telling you, listen to me, and I'm, I'm trying not to get off on a tangent here, but, but you got to understand something. We are living in a day and time where this stuff is being so mixed up and messed up, and we've got this false doctrine out there of where you can do whatever it is you want to do out there, but yet still be saved, but yet when you look in this book right here, people that really were washed in the blood of the Lamb and born of the Spirit of God, they begin to bear the fruit of God in their life, and following Jesus Christ because they loved Him. And if you love Him, you'll obey His commandments. And it bothers me, friend. It really does. It bothers me. When people claim to know Christ as their Savior, yet everything that comes out of them is strife and angst towards their brothers and sisters in Christ, They can't stand church. They can't stand the preaching of God's word. And you want to sit here and tell people, yeah, I've got faith that's going to take me to heaven, but you ain't got faith that'll bring you to the house of God. You got something spiritually out of whack. And I'm not trying to be mean or ugly. I'm just simply saying this. We better examine ourselves and see whether we'd be in the faith. Because we've got an enemy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he is a disturber of the peace. And he is a deceiver. And oh my soul is he an accuser of the brethren. And I think he's got a lot, a lot of God's people uh-huh. right under his thumb. Right. That's right. And he's got a lot of lost people right under his thumb. Yeah. But you can get out of it how's that preacher the blood of the lamb Amen. the blood of the lamb well, I'm telling you you're lost you can be saved right. oh listen child of God if you're discouraged and struggling and battling you can be strengthened this morning because he's still on with the Lord Amen. And he's our advocate Let's all stand.